But that's the way you use your 30 seconds there, Mr. Clayton. What do you do? Eat some of that shrimp. That's what I should have done. I should have brought my start the podcast. Oh my god! No, we we got we got a flower segment, so I guess we'll we'll, we'll save that for uh for story time with Skylar. So because he definitely deserves his flowers for what transpired last night. We'll get to that. <laughs> that's my brothers out here winning. Uh, y'all winning, and I'm proud of y'all. Yeah. yeah. Um. Topic number one, man, on on the agenda today. Uh, won't be real about organizations and, and failing their players, or even just like disruptions with organizations and players. Um, and again, at least unless you've been living underneath a rock, um, everyone's heard it or seen it, and we all know ESPN is is good for not bringing up but one or two stories a day for the whole week um, because they don't know how to do anything better. Um, but we're talking about Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers and how we feel about um, the current situation with the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons. Do we think that it is a failure? And I believe it is failure by the organization to make Ben Simmons a better player, or is this Ben Simmons not doing his all um, for the organization of Philadelphia that did choose to draft him instead of others? Um, just because of the order on the screen, I'm going to go to the reverse order. We'll start with Skyler, uh, Tunica Trevor, and then two. Um, I think for what's going on in Philly, I think Philly itself or Philly, the organization deserves a little bit of the credit or not necessarily the credit or the more so the blame for what's going on with with Ben Simmons and themselves. But a lot of this falls on Ben Simmons. Um, you know, we there is always talk or there's definitely been talk lately of his inability to take a jumper. We all don't. I mean, there are some on the podcast that feel as if, you know, he's rolling. <coughs> He's just choosing not to take shots. Um, but, I mean, there's also some people that just, like, he can do it. He should do it. He should do it to, you know, help his help his team, especially help out uh, Joel Embiid when it comes to spacing. Um, and we just have yet to see that. And a lot of that just really just falls on him, his inability to not even just, you know, make jumpers, but to take them. His inability to shoot really, really bad, uh, badly from the free throw line, that's – that's all on him. The organization themselves, I mean, they can, you know, put some things in place. They can set some rules and regulations for him. I'm not sure exactly whether that's, you know, signing him up for, for a coach, a, a, a shooting coach that's different from what everybody else is, is already using. Whatever the case may be, they could do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, that's that's gym time he needs to put on himself. That needs to be stuff that he says, okay, I, I know I didn't, I shot 60% from the free throw line last year. Let's get to 65, let's get to 70%. I only took five three-point jumpers last year. Let me see if I can get to 10 to 15. Like, a lot of that is on him. Again, some of this, some of this for what's going on in Philly, the self-organization can take the blame on because, I mean, there's always been talk some form or fashion about if Joel and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons actually fit together. That's always been out there. Um, I also think uh, the coaching, the, the coaches that they brought on, I think some of those were – misses and the one that they have now i also still think that's a miss when talking about doc rivers but we'll leave that to another time championship coach doc rivers is i'm going to leave that where it is a lot of this again is is on ben simmons for his um inability to 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 want more for himself um to again to take and make jump shots to at least help out his team as much as we 
place the blame on Ben Simmons, and I, I do agree with Scholar. It is some of the blame, and I do kind of echo those sentiments where he hurts Philadelphia because he's not aggressive, is not coming out looking to score as opposed to looking just to facilitate and be a playmaker. A lot of this has to fall. I'm going to lean more towards the side of the Philadelphia organization. And I'm going to say they didn't know honestly what they had with Joel and B until they saw what they had with Joel and B. Um, and for what I, for what I'll say there is because with Ben Simmons, they did everything in their power to cater to Ben Simmons. Like we know what all the faults and things of that nature and him refusing to just, you know, follow suit. But you got to remember at one point, just literally three seasons ago, like the Philadelphia 76ers were like one shot away from the Eastern Conference Finals or possibly going to the NBA Finals. This is with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And what ended up happening? Most of the guys that Joel Embiid wanted to keep ended up leaving including Jimmy Butler. Why? Just to cater to, just to cater to Ben Simmons. And then now the question that became like, can these two like really fold, you know, function. And I've been the hugest Joel Embiid fan. I still think he's the best big man in the game, regardless of what the MVP has done last season. And I was like, if Philly really wants to stay and work with Ben Simmons, trade him be because you don't, you don't deserve him. Now you're in this situation, if you're the 76ers, where you have at max five seasons left, maybe even less than that, given Joel Embiid's injury history and things like that. You have five seasons left as possibly a playoff contender. And now that what's going on with Ben Simmons, with you not being able to facilitate a trade, and again, I always point back to the fact, you had the opportunity to get James Harden, but again, you wanted to cater to Ben Simmons, and you see what what's going on now. Like you literally had the opportunity to get the James Harden, and now we can pretty much say that Brooklyn is pretty much going to be one of the top teams in the East. That easily could have been the Seventy Sixers, but for some reason, you, you're catering to Ben Simmons. You're trying to make him another Giannis, which he is definitely not. And again, for all fans out there, can we please put some respect on uh, Giannis's name finally and stop saying that Ben Simmons is a better version of Giannis? No. In a perfect world, Ben Simmons is a better version of Draymond Green. Let's just be real. But um, in the end, uh, this, this definitely falls on Philadelphia because honestly, they didn't know what they had with Joel and B because you got to remember when Joel and B first got drafted, he pretty much didn't play for probably his first, what, two seasons. And then um, then we saw what we got, and then they had Ben Simmons, too, and it was like, oh, okay, well, how are we going to make this work? But, yeah, Ben Simmons deserves a portion of the blame, but I'm leaning more towards Philly, the organization. The only thing I'm following Ben Simmons here for is not being more offensively aggressive. Of course, we saw what, he, what happened last year, um, and he was criticized, and as do you know what i'm saying that was some 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 shots he definitely should have taken him not taking the three that's not his game and honestly like he's the same height as dwight howard so we <laughs> we didn't ask dwight howard to shoot too much so i mean i get that he's a guard but honestly like his 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 inside game is pretty good like he, he knows what he's doing but that's what i gotta say about that doc rivers 
Shady, uh, Trev, you hit the right on the head. Doc Rivers last year was asked, do you think that this is a point guard for a championship team? His answer was, I don't know. We'll see. For you to be a first, that's your what? First time, was it first year, second year, whatever time he was coaching, your answer should have been yes. Your answer should have been, we're going to rock with Ben Simmons. We're going to rock with a two-time uh, two-time defensive all-team, uh, all-team NBA player, one of the best point guards in the league. We're going to rock with him. But instead, you, you threw him to the side. So me as a person, I'm going to go, okay, let me see if y'all can win without me. I don't expect Ben Simmons to play another game for the Sixers, as he shouldn't. Everybody that y'all watching, whether it's Kendrick Perkins, Stephen A., whatever, on ESPN talking about how much money he going to miss, y'all realize who this man agent is. <laughs> I mean, come on, we talking money. Rich Paul is going to get that money back in Ben Simmons' hands. Also, part number two. Trevor, you hit the right nail right on the head. They could have had James Harden. Who didn't make that trade? The 2021 version of Christopher Wallace, Dale Morey, who is now the GM for the Sixers. So if they literally got nothing for a MVP, listen, y'all, he got nothing for a MVP. What do you expect to happen to Ben Simmons, a, a quote-unquote unusual, uh, un, unused Ben Simmons, unusable Ben Simmons? Like, come on, dog. The Sixers, it is all the blame on the Sixers. Oh, I say 90% of the blame on the Sixers. And then we 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 working with like the fact that Joel and B, you know, haven't said too much. Joel, get your ass in a paint, dog. <laughs> like Trev, he said he's one of the best big men in the league. I agree with you, but he spent more time on the outside than Ben Simmons does. You gotta find a way to utilize Ben Simmons. You got to find a way to utilize Ben Simmons. And we talk about jump shot, jump shot, jump shot. Once Markel folks dipped out and went to Orlando, he was balling. Am I correct? Yeah, but he His trap may be getting taken, dog. Uh, we, you know me and you love yeah, Markel like, Foles, but his trap may be getting taken by Cole. Yeah, because they got like five point guards. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey but I think I'm he's get out of Philly once Both you get out of guy, Philadelphia. Cole Anthony, that dude. He is. Shout out to J. Cole, too, who was at the training camp. Y'all know how I felt about R.J. Hampton. So, I mean, if his spot it get taken, cool, but it's not because of Markel Folds decline. It's going to be because, I mean, he's yeah. injured ACL tear for sure, but he started shooting more. He started yeah. being the number one pick that he was supposed to be with Orlando. So, get, once he's once Ben Simmons out of Philly, Tunica Trevor, hey, we're going to put up some money on he's going to hit at least one three-pointer next season. Watch yeah. him I would. I would. Oh, and can uh, we stop the Draymond comparisons? Can we please stop the Draymond comparisons? No, because yeah, that's an accurate players. comparison. No, it's Ben Simmons. If you're not, because Ben Simmons does everything that Draymond does except on a more mm -hmm. athletic base. Ben mm -hmm. Simmons can defend. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is a good facilitator and a playmaker, and he's mm -hmm. six foot 10. Mm -hmm. Stop playing him at the point guard, playing him at the four. Let him set screens where he can just catch and dunk like your traditional big man in today's NBA. He can dribble and he can facilitate the offense. Like, stop trying to make him a point guard and stop trying to make him Giannis. Stick him at the four. Let him run pick and rolls. When he's at the top of the key, he can initiate the offense that way. And he's faster than most fours anyway. So why not? Otherwise, say he's a much better version of Draymond Green than everybody's trying to make him to be Giannis. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a better Draymond Green. There's nothing wrong with that. He's he's more Andre Iguodala to me than Draymond Green, but that's Andre Iguodala was at least money from the corner shooting threes. Burge Draymond, just just accept it. 
I'm telling you, Tunica Trevor. We're going to put some money on Ben Simmons in a three next season if he out of Philly. So I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking about threes, and, and you, I know you spoke about Joel and Beeb, um stepping out to the three-point line. Um, he didn't really have a choice um, because it's not like your point guard is respectable from the three-point line or the mid-range. Um, and so Joel had to step out, um, to be honest, and try to provide more spacing. We clearly know – now nah, she wants to cry. Um, but we clearly know that Joel was the better shooter all the way around. Um, to me, there is fault. Come here, baby. There is fault on um, the organization because the organization did sign him for that five-year deal, right? They are believing in him, um, and whatever goes into that. But also, there's more fault in the organization as well in regards to, in order to make the trade for James Harden, they needed a who? Ben Simmons. In order to make the trade that never went through for Kyle Lowry, who they need? Ben Simmons. We talked about them. You guys talked about them being uh, one shot away from Eastern Conference Finals. That was a team that was bigger on Joel. And second, really, to me, was Jimmy Butler. Then there was Ben Simmons. But I don't recall a situation where an organization is saying, we'll trade our second best player right now um, because we want to make a run. You don't see the Lakers... You don't see the Lakers going to go and try to trade Anthony Davis for somebody. You don't see the, um, oh, I hate to say the Clippers, uh, the Clappers, you know, trying to trade Paul George, right? Um, and so, like, that's them. But the really, really bigger piece to me is Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons' game can translate better. And it's not that he's not going to shoot that three-point shot. It's the man went all the way to the – he was at the rim and didn't dunk the two points and instead passed it out. It's his decision-making. And at some point, yes, you have to do better with that. And I think about some great players that, you know, had to transition their games and it became great for them. And the number one person I think about is Vince Carter. Vince Carter was a person that attacked the rim. Um, and then he went from attacking the rim to being more of a, you know, perimeter, so to speak, person like, you know, mid-range and such, you know, especially as, the Raptors who were making runs to the Eastern conference finals until they met AI and company. Um, but then through his later years, what did he do? He became a spot up shooter, even with the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. So he transitioned his game to still be part of the game moving forward. Whereas Ben Simmons, you cannot average what you average. And then if you look at his fourth quarter stats, they're non-existent because he don't play in the fourth quarter because there's nowhere for him to play in the fourth. And so you have to do better with your game, Ben Simmons, um, all around. Um, and you're not even profitable. You're marketable right now because if you were, there would be plenty of trades that people would be willing to take on. The Warriors aren't really calling. They got in trouble about that. But he's Ben Simmons, at this point, sounds like he'd be lucky to go to, I don't know, the Kings or the Cavs um, because of his trade value. And his trade values went down because it's what have you done for me lately? And what he's done lately, fellas, sat out during the fourth quarter in the playoffs against the Hawks. Yeah. And that and that's where the and just to add to that a little bit, that's where the issue lies. And it's not really just with other teams where it lies with Philly. It's like with these other teams, these bad teams that you're probably gonna trade Ben Simmons to, who from these bad teams 
is going to help you move the needle forward to keep you as a playoff contender. And you're not going to get much for trying to trade him to a good team because with Ben Simmons's play, his trade value is going down. And I think that's where the issue lies right now with the 76ers. It's like, I, I honestly think they should just trade him to Cleveland. Philly should get Colin Sexton, give him another dog on the perimeter. And then you just find a way to get you a point guard and just run it back with that with that five. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Nah, the, I, I said I tweeted earlier that the Cavs were like the perfect destination for Ben Simmons. Um, one because it's just a completely fresh start. Uh, two, you got a, a guy that's making a hundred million dollars on the on the bench that don't want to play. I think if Kevin Love see Ben Simmons coming he want to play you know what i'm saying and i don't know we don't know if kevin loves watch we don't know what he can do we don't need what he can't do whatever why why not why not just send k love to philly it, it, it gives you a more, another floor spacer hey i mean shoot, kevin loves playing winning basketball but, my thing is trevor bro if they had a competent gm i think this move would have been done i think you can get away with with a with a with a kevin love darius garland for ben simmons type of trade you know, nah, I, I think Cleveland, 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 Cleveland likes Garland. Oh, I mean, throwing conversation, throwing conversation, throwing conversation. Cool, cool. Conversation, K Love for Ben Simmons, like it worked. Why not? <laughs> it worked, but because it worked, they're not gonna do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and so like I, I <laughs> there's parts that the organization has involved but also it's also about how what are you doing right as a player um to better yourself as well um for that if you're going to remain stagnant then remain somewhere else um like we said with the cleveland like i said um too that's a really good option i really like that option really um for them and i was talking about that like two days ago to somebody um the Cavs are really the better spot and like you said new home new start who knows what can happen for you um the kings they could get some more shooters uh, from the Kings, I would assume, uh, especially with that contract. But again, the organization has failed because y'all y'all saddled them up for another five years, was this like two years ago, um, and maybe thought something was going to evolve. And realistically, they haven't. He's really making All Star games because of his defense. That's really it. Um, it's not his offensive repertoire. Um, but. We'll cook it over to Nick and Trevor because we need to hear about these bets this week, man. What's happening? Man, look, I'm I'm very, very close to hitting the lick, man, with these picks. Uh, of course, two weeks ago, I was one pick away from sweeping. And just this past week, I was one fifty-six yard or one fifty-six yard field goal away from sweeping both college and the NFL. So I'm okay with that. Kudos to the Cowboys for actually picking up their win against the Chargers. Um, so as of right now, my record is seven and two with these picks, but, uh, we're going to, we're going to move, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, so of course I'm going to keep it simple college and NFL. And of course my local pick of the week, uh, if we have some time left before the start of this game, um, I am going to look to uh ninth rank Clemson at NC state. Um, I'm actually going to look to take their, the over under right now is at 48. I'm actually going to look to take the under there uh, because, <clears throat> yeah, Clemson has mounts back since their uh, opening uh, game, opening day loss to the Georgia Bulldogs, but they haven't proven as much that they can actually put up some points. Um, and granted, NC State has, has, has looked well at home as well. 
Uh, but until both of these teams prove that they can score, I will look to take the uh, under there. I think Clemson still wins this game as they've won the last eight against North Carolina State, but uh, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, so look to take the under here at uh, 48, and we'll keep it moving. Um, another college game I'm looking at is uh, the Stanford Cardinal uh, traveling to take on UCLA. Um, I'm looking at Stanford as a three and a half point underdog in this game. I would either take that or I would take Stanford out uh, outright with the money line to beat UCLA. Of course, uh, UCLA had the um, shot that was heard around the world when they upset LSU uh, to start the season, but they suffered a bad loss last week to Fresno State in which they gave up 40 points. Uh, Stanford on the other end has had looked impressive. Of course, they started off the season with their win against USC. Uh, their defense is holding teams to just under 107, 107 passing yards per game. And UCLA can't, can't stop a waterfall. They can't stop a nosebleed on defense with Savage's, uh, favorite buddy, Mr. Charles Kelly, uh, at the helm as the, the head coach. So I will either... Either one is as good. I would take Stanford as the three-point underdog, or I will take them outright as to win this game. And with that, I'll shift to my local bet of the week, and we're going to keep it at home in the great state of Memphis. Uh, the Tigers is a three-point favorite uh, against the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. Uh, of course, the Tigers are coming off an impressive win over Mississippi State last week. Um, of course, we have the uh, – third leading rusher in the country as of right now. And we know Memphis is still undefeated at home. Uh, they had their nice little winning streak at the Liberty Bowl going as well. Texas San Antonio is well coached, don't get me wrong, but their two most impressive wins are against MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, and Lamar University. And no, I'm not talking about Lamar Avenue. Um, <laughs> so uh, give me the Tigers uh, here as the three-point favorite. Um, shifting gears now from the college ranks to the pro ranks. Uh, I'm going to start with probably the most, the easiest one and probably the most one that'll probably get you some money. Uh, Seahawks at Vikings. I think the over under right now is like two and a half. Seahawks are a two and a half, uh, point favorite there. Uh, Russell Wilson is seven and zero against Kirk Cousins, uh, in his career. Uh, the Vikings, Offensive line is a mess. There's uh, uncertainty there with whether or not Dalvin Cook is going to play. Uh, this this spread with Seattle is just too easy, really, to not really uh, too easy to not take a look at. So, give me the Seahawks there as a, a two and a half dog favorite, two and a half point favorite. Excuse me. Uh, second game I'm looking at is the Falcons and the Giants. Uh, the Falcons are a three point underdog at home against the Giants. The Giants are just are in a complete disarray right now. They're not looking any much better than they looked in previous years. Doesn't look like they want to play for uh, Joe Judge or things of the nature. The Falcons, on the other hand, uh, have looked okay in their first few games, uh, especially last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think they're going to have an easier time on the offensive side of things now that they'll have to contend with those two defensive lines. Uh, so I like the Falcons here at a, as a three-point underdog. Don't be surprised if they actually pull this game out in one. <clears throat> and lastly, and this will probably be the first 
time I've actually done this with the Tunica Trevor segment, but I'm looking at the Rams and the Bucks, but I'm not going to look at any of the spreads. I'm actually going to look at specific stats that you could possibly look at to bet. Uh, so first, uh, Matthew Stafford, his over-under as far as pass attempts right now is right at 43 and a half. I'm um, looking to take the over there uh, because with these previous few weeks, Against that great Tampa Bay defense, Dallas came out of the gate and just started passing with their aerial attack. They just completely abandoned the run. Atlanta pretty much did the exact same thing in their game. So, uh, And we know how great Sean McVay is on offense as far as coaching the offense. So look for him to probably just say, forget the run. We're just going to try and air it out and uh, possibly give us the best chance to win that. <clears throat> and lastly, um, looking at Mike Evans, his receiving yards is set. At 63, I'm actually going to look to take the under there. Uh, of course, Antonio Brown is going to be out more than likely with uh, the COVID uh, list of things of that nature. So it's going to be a lot of Scotty Miller there. So it's going to be Scotty Miller looking for a big game from Chris Godwin. It's probably going to be more of Gronk in that game as well. Uh, so the Rams are pretty much going to just throw Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans and then everyone else is going to eat. So I will take the under 63. For under 63 yard receiving yards for Mike Evans and then Stafford over 43 and a half pass attempts. So, and that is my Twin Trevor uh segment of the week. And we'll see how this plays out. Let's see if I can uh continue this, this streak on my own. Any questions or comments? No, I think I think you you picked you um you chose some really good some games and parlays. I think the, the first one was the then you said Clemson and NC State take the under over that one. Clemson hasn't looked well offensively. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, NC State is on their second string quarterback. So I would definitely take the under there. I wouldn't because I don't foresee Clemson putting up that many points. And NC State, they're not going to cover their half to get to that to the, to get to get that number. So, um, And then you mentioned what was the first NFL game that you brought up? I think the Seahawks and the Seahawks Vikings. And the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's a really good one too. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is out, um, and defensively, Minnesota has not looked good in years. They haven't looked good since I think since their playoff appearance a couple years ago when they won that um, when they played New Orleans. So I think that one's a good one to take um, to take Seattle at the, at the two and a half. Not saying that you get twisted. They look good for their defense. They look good for their offense. That was huge anyway. <laughs> Alrighty. So is it, is it on me now? Yeah, we're shifting off to the Pickums. Let's do All it. right. So we're going to switch on over to the NFL Pickham games this week. Um, I don't think any of us had a pretty <laughs> pretty good week last week at all. Um, the, the, uh, you had two out of three, I think, she You had the Cowboys over the Chargers. I give you that. Oh, and you had the 49ers over the Eagles. So uh, I guess she finally had a good week. Oh, um, I was two on the previous week. Coming. We had three games on the docket for this week. Um, for those who do not know, Justin Fields is now going to be the starter for the Chicago Bears. Well, I guess until Andy Dalton comes back. Um, but Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears this week. They are traveling to Cleveland uh, to take on the Cleveland Browns. So tell me who y'all got winning and why. Um, order, that's on the screen. Oh, come on, dog. Cleveland, this for you. Don't roll with the Browns, dog. Um Definitely excited to see Justin Fields' first start. Um, definitely coming. Like, it's going to be coming against one of the better defenses in the league. Um, and I believe Odell Beckham gets back this week as well. So 
I'm expecting a, a better push from the Browns offense. So give me the Browns. Yeah, and I look at this game, um, a few things stood out to me. I'm trying to think of things that Tuke just didn't name, but uh, the return of OBJ is huge for the Browns because they're missing Jarvis Landry now. Um, but I hope it's not a force by Baker um, to OBJ, you know what I mean, to get his reps up and stuff like that. Um, if Cleveland runs the ball like they should, um, Cleveland wins this game. Um, however, I'm taking the Bears. Um, the reason why I'm taking the Bears is Justin Fields and the energy that he's going to bring. I'm not saying that about to win every game after this, right? But I think him, there's something to be said. It's like an un, unwritten rules. Like it's not a stat or something like that, but like literally that energy, I think it will be on both sides of all offensively and defensively. I think his team is going to rally behind him. Um, and I think Justin Fields picks up this win for the Bears, even though, like you said, that defense, that defensive line is very, very good. And if I'm the Browns, I'm bringing five every time. Um, but I got Justin Fields scattering to win this game. Um, and he's going to remain undefeated in the state of Ohio. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Sheedy here. I'm going to take the Bears as well, and here's why. Um, of course, everything that she just said with Justin Fields is going to energize the uh, Bears a lot more. Cleveland throughout the gate, although they've uh, kind of bounced back after the loss to Kansas City, they haven't looked that impressive. Um, they really had a hard, hard time with Houston uh, last week. Even though they still won the game, they still you know, had their struggles and things of that nature. The offensive line is banged up. Some of their key offensive linemen haven't been practicing all week. So uh, look for that to be an issue, possibly. Uh, Jarvis Landry is out of the lineup, but yes, you get OBJ back. But at what capacity are you, are, is Kevin Stefanski going to use uh, OBJ uh, to that, into that uh, realm? So all of that could be a recipe for disaster for Cleveland. And um, I'm, I'm actually going to go to Bears here. So. I'll take the Bears in the upset. No, that's – I think I would – I'm really – I really want to pick the Bears. I really, really do. The only thing that's preventing me from from picking the Bears is their offensive line. The Chicago Bears has probably one of the worst offensive lines in football, and I think because of that, Miles Garrett and, and that defensive line for the Cleveland Browns are going to make – I think they're going to be the difference. Um, I will also look for Baker to struggle in this game as well. Chicago still has a pretty de- pretty decent defense, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I actually think this is going to be a low-scoring game. But I'm going to take the Browns just to edge out, maybe like late field goal type thing. But um, I think statistically, I think Justin Fields is going to look well because Cleveland's secondary hasn't looked good. Their their D-line has looked good, but their secondary is still trying to get everything worked out because I know they just got some um, recent players from free agency. So – I think they're still going to struggle a little bit, but I think the Browns will win at the end of the day. All right, so that's the first game on the docket. The second game we're going to be uh, picking from is the LA Rams are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, pretty decent matchup, potentially what a NFC championship game could look like or NFC matchup could look like. Uh, so tell me who y'all got winning this one and why. I really don't have a reason why um, outside of the fact that I just want to be the only undefeated team in our division. So give me the, give me the Rams. <laughs> like, I'm That's not going to sit up here and lie to y'all. Like, hey, let, let's shock the world and be 3-0 and while the Bucks are 2-1-1, damn it. <laughs> so give, give, me, give me the Rams. 
Yeah, when we discussed, um, I think we talked about like top 10 defenses, you're looking at, to me, 1A, 1B um, of defenses going into the season. Um, to, to Trevor's point earlier, um, that Buccaneers passing defense has been looking very shaky since week one. Um, and you're talking about Sean McVay, who was an architect um, for the pass game. And I believe the pass game will come into play. Um, and I think the Rams um, are actually going to win this one. I think it's in L.A. as well. Um, so I am going against Tom Brady um, this week. And I want to say the Rams um, this week for them. And it, to me, it it's the passing game um, that Sean McVay is going to bring. And it's like... I don't know. It's just something about the Rams, man. It really is. Um, so just give me the Rams. That's all I got. They're not my division. Uh, yes, as I just mentioned about Tampa Bay's passing defense, um, Dallas and Atlanta was actually able to air it out uh, pretty comfortably against uh, Tampa Bay in that defense. Uh, the same thing can be said for the Rams, though. Um, in that Sunday night football game, like the Bears with Andy Dalton was actually able to move the ball comfortably down the field. They just couldn't cash in with any points or anything. But um, there's a reason why this game was literally a, a, a toss-up. Um, but I'm actually going to pick against Thomas as well. Uh, I think the Rams ed- edge it out here. Um, I just think, yeah, the Bucks have the better personnel on offense. Uh, but I just think the Rams are going to be the first to make a play on defense, which is going to be the difference in that game. All right. Well, I was going to pick the Rams, but all of y'all have picked the Rams. So, of course, I'm going to go to Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I've seen that too many times. Man, you got to – you got a crew of people that's all picking one team, go the other way. So I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay. Um, I am a little worried that Antonio Brown's potentially not going to play. Um, he did test uh, test positive for COVID, but he is vaccinated. So according to the COVID-19 protocols, if he has two um, days two consecutive where he, where he tests positive, then he can, then he can of course, then play. Um, and I think he's going to be very, very key. Um, to Tom Brady in that passing offense. Uh, of course, yes, he has Mike Evans. Of course, he has um, he has Godwin. Of course, he has Gronk. But when when Antonio Brown is going and when Tom Brady is looking for Antonio Brown, nobody in the slot can cover Antonio Brown. And now I don't care if it's the Rams defense or not. So having him out there or not there is going to be very, very key. But uh, I'm still going to go with Tampa Bay. I think the Rams won this game last year. So knowing how competitive Tom Brady is, he's probably put a lot of time into film study and done a lot of um, uh, research on the on the Rams. So I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay on this one. All right. Yep. And then the last game um, is the San Francisco 49ers taking on y'all's boy Aaron Rodgers, who likes to talk all of a sudden way, way too much now for my liking. Um, so um, that's the last game that we're going to pick. Uh, we have, again, it's 49ers and the uh, Green Bay Eesh, I don't know why, but it's just something telling me to go San Fran. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with San Fran. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers had a bounce back week, which was needed off of that atrocious <laughs> one point performance. Right. It was right. Detroit Lions. So, like, <laughs> I, I'll sleep on the couch with that if wifey got a problem. It, it was the Lions. So <laughs> Man, but it, it was the Saints. <laughs> The Saints, and he only, well, you know what? That's the past. Let me stop talking about the past. I'm, I'm trying to do better about this. But 
Um, give me, give me some, some about San Francisco. They undefeated for a reason. They defense is looking legit. They is some, they, they bring in some kind of consistency. Um, so give, give me, give me the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, things about this game one, there's not, there's not going to be another game on it at this time. So it's a prime time game. Um, Aaron Rodgers typically does well in primetime games. Um, he's going back quote unquote home, uh, to the Bay area, which is, I think we talked about this before. Like if, if there was a trading destination for Aaron Rodgers, we would like to see him, um, possibly maybe in San Francisco, um, for that. And San Francisco is a really good, um, and I still got the Packers to win this game. Um, yes, they lost to the saints. Um, and then the saints then looked atrocious right then the week after. And yes, the Packers did beat the lions and we're any win against the lions is a sneeze. Um, but I just think that they're just going to get together. Devonte Adams, um, they're going to need Devonte and Aaron Rodgers to cook, and they're going to figure out that Aaron Jones really needs the ball much more than Bruce Wayne to the end of the fourth quarter, realistically, um, to give him the ball. Um, and so I think Aaron Jones becomes more of a focal point in the offense. I think the defense for San Francisco is still great. Um, but it's not going to be like a blowout victory, um, but maybe by seven, uh, seven at the most, three at the least. Uh, but give me the Packers to win this one. Yeah, I think the uh, the spread for this game was like right at three. I think that might change between now and Sunday. Um, but I'm actually going Green Bay as well. Um, I think, like Shidi said, Aaron Jones will probably be featured a little bit more in the offense. Uh, San Francisco has looked great uh, out of the uh, right out the gate. Uh, don't get me wrong there, but I think at the end, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's in California. He's exactly where he wants to be. So he's going to put on the show. Uh, again, it's not going to be a blowout. This is probably going to come down to the final possession. And uh, But ultimately, I think Green Bay wins it. So give me the Packers. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Green Bay as well. I really – Hart is telling me where mine is telling me to go with San Francisco just because they have the better defense, and Green Bay's defense has looked really, really bad. They struggled against Detroit. I mean, the Saints The Saints put up 41 on their defense. So The um, Saints were marching in, you hear me? I mean, with 40 of them in the back pocket because I was not expecting that. So Green Bay's defense has looked really, really bad. But I just don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers in this one. <laughs> like, it's just like I'm cool with betting against San Francisco. Is it something's telling me that that I think Devontae Addison and, and Aaron Rodgers and I think Aaron Rodgers is probably – Probably about to go on one of them missions. He's like, all right, y'all talk bad about me for week one, but let me see what I can what I can prove to y'all what I can still do. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Green Bay. I should not go with Green Bay. I'm pretty sure I'm regretting it, but I'm going Green Bay as well, too. My records are already trash with these pickings, so I'm just rolling. <laughs> 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 it's a long season, brother. We got, we got it's, it's a long season, though, so hey, I'm just rolling. <laughs> it is only week three. We got a long way to go. That's facts. All right. Uh, how my score increases to or throughout the week, too, Trevor. I don't want you to overtake my spot. Um, I feel like I can be first place, but Skylar, when Skylar goes last, he changes his pick, guys. Um, and so I'm gonna start making him write his own paper first mm. and not be influenced <laughs> by everybody yeah, else. I, I, I picked the <laughs> 
he's trying to hear everybody else out, and then when he sees everybody's going in one way, he goes the other. Yeah. That's Alex yeah. smart this, man. there, my buddy. Pretty That's Alex exposing this, man. Come on, dog. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> um. And the last thing, pickups, and I mean, we'll go to uh, the flower segment. Um, definitely going to choose the Cowboys over the Eagles. Um, Savage, I hope you're listening. Um, this in Dallas? Way. Yes. Yep. First game in Dallas. Yeah, I didn't put this one on. I didn't put this on the pickup game just because I know they're going to play again later. Yeah, and I, I know. Yeah, we, I that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna determine who wins the division because it all it is always that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Look, I don't know what it is, but we got the Cowboys next week and the Eagles after, bro. Like, <laughs> if y'all been a fan of Let's Be Real, I was about to go down the next couple of weeks, especially. You know, you know what this three four mean, right? <laughs> we finna the go record. Three, you know, the four Come on, come on, man. I'm yelling. Um, but this time, this is our section to, uh, to give people their flowers. Um, for you know, various different reasons, whatever sports, whatever. Um, you see them been going on. Um, and it's you know, we talk only maybe well, not only, but primarily it's like football season, basketball season's getting ready to get started, baseball season's in full swing as well. Um, uh, but anyone want to start with who they want to give their flowers to, that probably doesn't get enough recognition, uh, for what they have done or will do here real soon. I definitely got two. I mean, number one, y'all, we gotta we gotta give it up for us, bro. <laughs> like this episode one fifty. Yeah. This episode one hundred fifty, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. Shout out, shout out to us. Shout out to y'all. Let's let's keep being great on a consistent level, giving the people what they want, <laughs> not these flowers that actually are beautiful. Those are beautiful flowers. Why are you holding them like that? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll take For the time and. This is actually a well, not a mini rant because of what happened, but I'm gonna give my flowers to 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 the ladies to the this WNBA season leading into the playoffs, which started last night. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of shocked that uh, when Candace Parker decided to leave the Sparks to go home to Chicago, to go home to Chicago, and it's proven to be wonders for them. So. Uh, shout out to the ladies there, but I'm also using this as an avenue to call out um, the Phoenix Mercury as well because um, they host they quote unquote hosted a playoff game, but they couldn't play in Phoenix because they had a double concert that night, so they had to settle for playing at Grand Canyon University. Now, you would think since they had to change the venue. They would at least have the decency to bring their floor pieces with them to adjust the floor to so it can reflect, you know, a WNBA playoff game. But no, they still had the uh, Grand Canyon University uh, floor pieces on the floor, uh, which, again, is just mad disrespectful and things of that nature. And um, and then, of course, the top 10 list of uh, the, the most jersey sales, uh, we really need to get more of uh, our own in the top 10, but you can see from their marketing um, aspect that that's not the case, but that's a different conversation for a different time, but uh, definitely want to give my flowers to the WNBA for a great season. Um, We're off to a great start right now with the playoffs and we'll see how this plays out. 
Um, I have some quick flowers that I want to get out, give out, and it may be a little shocking to y'all, but I'm actually willing to give flowers and to ESPN and First Take. First Take is actually a little bit more watchable these days. They Stephen A is still on there with Molly, of course, but now they don't have one one sets particular like person that he's going to debate every single time. They now have, you know, people like Dan Orlowski. I'm not sure if any of y'all watch like NFL Live, but yeah. that crew was really, really good. So now they have like Dan Orlowski, Marcus Spears, Mini Kimes, um, and, and 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 Ryan Clark. So they they all, you know, take their time and get their different chances to come on first take, which again, it's it's more enjoyable to watch. It's not that one same particular, you know, person that's gonna think a certain way every single time. Um, so it's actually enjoyable to watch, and I'm actually going to give ESPN their flowers for at least coming up with the idea to do that. Tim Tebow looking good too, brother. <laughs> I have Tim Tebow. Yeah, not the tight end position though. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm going to say there's a few flowers I want to make sure I give out, um, and I know we're recording, so make sure this is live, and I want to make sure everyone hears it. Um, one of the first give a shout out and the flowers to the Carolina Panthers. Um, great season, you know, um, I'm, hopefully we have started to erase that, that R word that was with us for so many years and decades. Um, but like, not decades. <laughs> um, but legitimately, man, like I definitely want to give them their flowers at three and up. And one thing that, I hate people say, and it's including like with the Cowboys, and you know, of course, I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, after that loss to Tampa Bay, people were like, "It's a moral victory." If I've played sports all my life, and I don't remember there being a column for moral victories, I remember there being columns for wins and losses, and I also don't remember in that column it saying, "Oh, they won by one point, or they won by a thousand mm -hmm. points." Three and zero is three and zero no matter who you're lacing them up against. So I definitely want to give my kudos uh, to the Panthers um, and what you guys have accomplished thus far this season. Um, my other flowers got it. It just left me. Um, oh. Anyways, we'll stick with the Panthers for now. Oh, I got it. My other kudos and flowers go to uh, the Oregon Ducks um, and what they did against the Big Ten, we could say that the best probably Big Ten team is the Ohio State Buckeyes, but they literally, Oregon Ducks, came, game planned very well and beat Ohio State. Um, they are legitimately the best team in the Pac-12. Um, we've talked a little bit about much, it. it. Yeah, it's not, but they, they're they also without two starters on defense that are also NFL-worthy talent. Um, and so I look forward to what they can continue to do and maybe continue to like, I don't know, carry a flag for the Pac-12, so to speak, uh, or Pac-6 or Pac Division, whatever they want to be called, Pac Sun, um, Juicy Fruit, whatever uh, they would like. <laughs> um, but you know, I do want to give them their flowers as well. Um, so shout out to again the Carolina Panthers and the uh, Oregon Nike Ducks. <laughs> I don't know if this was already mentioned, but can we can we give our flowers to the, the Tigers here, here at home for responding immensely well to not being invited to the Big Twelve? Like, so, like after, and I hate to bring it up, but it is what it is. After Texas wet the bed um, in in Fayetteville against Arkansas, uh, Memphis of course responded well last week with their win against Mississippi State. 
and it's only going up from there for the Tigers. So shout kudos to the Tigers for responding well and just keeping everything moving. And it's only going to get better for the Tigers going forward as we near basketball season. So uh, shout out to the Tigers uh, for responding well to not being invited into the Big 12. Can I can I add on to that first, like really quickly? Not not a flower, just like a little C. I don't know if that's a C. Um, from that, um, talking about the Memphis Tigers collegiately, let's also talk about them professionally um, in the NFL and what those picks have been doing um, for the entire yes. NFL. Realistically, not just one or two teams. So shout out to those Tigers. Um, you know me, I'm gonna take my guy uh, with us for the Cowboys, but everywhere else. Yeah. Um, the Memphis Tigers are really shining collegiately. That's proving that they have the talent to be in the NFL. They yep. do not need to be looked at again as a second option. Well, actually, really, listen, we're a fifth to eighth option to join a conference that's already been bleeding um, for years yeah. and decades. Good Shout out to Dan Patrick for uh, giving us the recognition nationally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will correct them. We're we're not we're not running back you. We're we're weapon you as weapon we, you. we we have dubbed the title. We we are weapon you. So branded. Savage put that on a shirt. I was like, yeah, Savage, if you're listening, please brand uh weapon you. <laughs> please well, speak, do. Speaking of you brand opportunity. It, it's funny that Brandon is not a thing. Like I wanted to give flowers to somebody who I seen a commercial of back up back to back to back. Um, this is the greatest marketer outside of Donald Trump, and his name is Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant big man to ever play the game of basketball. Um, when you literally watch TV, you're gonna see a commercial of his. And this was, you know, we Shaq was somebody who was bigger than life when he came on into Orlando. You know, started off doing movies and then, you know, came in averaging was it 24, 14, and three and a half blocks as a rookie, made the all-star game as a rookie, Ricky Eddie, like. Went from that to going to La La Land, the land of the superstars, the land of the star. Winning three rings there. Sheedy came to your city and won a ring there. And then the rest is history. But a lot of people don't know that Shaquille O'Neal has turned basketball money into literal generational wealth. And I researched uh, some of the things that Shaquille O'Neal is invested in. We got Papa John's. We got insurance uh, with the general. We got his own shoe line, a couple of them actually. Uh, Forever 21, JC Penney's. He has part ownership and catalogs that belong to Marilyn Monroe and Elvis freaking Presley. And last but not yeah. least, he was an early investor in Google. Like, yeah. if that's not turning basketball and your brand into generational wealth for your kids, 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 then I, I don't know who else you who else you need to study. So let's get us flowers. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq figured out early how to play the long game, and it's paid one is for. But real quick on that, do you know the story or how he got his shoe, how he decided to start his own shoe line? I heard it, but please tell the people. Oh, uh, absolutely. So this is during Shaq's time in Orlando. He had his um, contract with Reebok at this at the time. Uh, so after a game. Uh, a lady came up to him and basically went off on him and said, like, hey, y'all charging uh, too much money for these shoes because, uh, you know, my kid wants the shoes, but y'all charge too much for them. So Shaq, being the human- humanitarian that he is, basically offered the lady $2,000 to go buy her son some shoes. And she basically put the money back in his head and said, no, F that. Like, why don't you make some shoes that is affordable for kids? And the very next day, Shaq decided to cut ties with Reebok right then and there. 
and said, I'm I'm going to go my own way with this. He's like, I'm going to continue to wear your shoes for the rest of the season. But after this season, I'm going my own route. So he went to uh, Walmart, quote unquote, his favorite store <laughs> and said, look, I want to do my own thing with these shoes. And they came to a deal and he said, my shoes were in all Walmart stores and the price range was between 19 and 29 dollars. So there you go. Then on yourself, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to the podcast, do it your damn self. So shout out to Shaq, man. Had to give him his flowers. Any other flowers? I think, Skyler, you, you told your story about how you we are giving you your flowers, have you? I'm pretty sure you did. Nah, it ain't. But go ahead since you have to go. So I'm going to just tell people to go to my Twitter account and enjoy the story um, as Skyler at the Gala was pretty fun and hilarious as to why I won this Pena Hardaway autographed basketball. I just yeah, let people know. a 10 pound bag of shrimp. Ain't that <laughs> <laughs> But no, nah, I'm good on my end. All right. Think we good. Think we good. Well, Blissburg County be out on Wednesday. Uh, be on the lookout for let's tighten up uh, this upcoming Tuesday as well. So it's we're keeping this thing rolling. One fifty. Shout out to Cap. Yeah, make sure you guys go read that article too that he put out uh, yeah. for all of us. Man, that was really heartfelt. Um, being a part of this thing, not as long as you brothers, man, it almost brought tears in my eyes just to read it. So um, if you're a constant supporter of Let's Be Real, which many of you guys are, please make sure you read that article by Cap for us. So cool. It ain't even that. They ain't even all. Uh, they ain't even half. Uh, that's the crazy part about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to do a Netflix show on us real soon. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's it. That's it. Great, man. Go Cowboys. Stay safe. Be blessed. Peace. All right. Let's get it. Y'all have a good week. We out.